Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our incredible partners, BetterHelp. It is the perfect time for us to talk about therapy because today I'm talking with everybody's favorite therapist, Sissy Goff. And as we'll talk about today, sometimes parenting or leading a team or teaching a class starts with making sure you're doing it from a healthy place. As Sissy reminds us, your worry can be contagious. So that's where therapy is such an important tool. If you've never given it a try, consider BetterHelp where your session can be done right from home. BetterHelp has the simplest way for you to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. We love a quiz. And they match you with a licensed therapist. Finding a therapist that is right for you is really important. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So you'll be sure you're working with someone who is a good match. It's done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and fit in your schedule. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want and need while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and understanding. Let therapy be part of the map of your life with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash That Sounds Fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash That Sounds Fun. Oh, today on the show, we get to talk with my friend and one of your favorites, Sissy Goff. If you don't know Sissy and her work with Daystar Counseling, episode 205 and 363 here on That Sounds Fun are a good place to start. Or she and David Thomas have their own podcast on the That Sounds Fun network called Raising Boys and Girls. You are going to love her. Sissy is not only one of the most trusted voices when it comes to parenting and raising kids here in Nashville, but because of resources like the podcast, and her new book that we're going to talk about today. She's become a trusted voice to parents around the country and world as well. Her brand new book, The Worry-Free Parent, Living in Confidence so Your Kids Can Too, comes out tomorrow. And y'all, it is incredibly helpful. She is just a gem and a gift to all of us. So here is my conversation with the incomparable Sissy Goff. Sissy Goff, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Annie, it's so good to be what with you treat. every single time. I'm you sorry we already got cried. Got me teary. I know, and now my glasses are fogging up because I'm having a hot flash because I got emotional. You've been home from camp for an hour or yeah. something, a crazy short amount of time. Yes. Sissy, yeah. I mean, talk to me just for a second. Give us a bird's eye view of when tragedy happens in a community, you're a first responder, and then you also have your clients you see, and the book, and Raising Boys and Girls podcast that is massive, and the tour coming up, and camp this summer. Like, what do you do? How do you, How have you done it? Well, can I just say before you say anything else that it's massive because we've hitched our little bitty wagon to you, <laughs> oh, and it has been so, so helpful no, no, and no. amazing. No, no, no. So grateful. Um, how do I do it? It helps that I'm an Enneagram one. Okay. So I think I'm I get a lot done in a day. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. And don't like to not get a lot done in a day. Yeah. But I, I I'm currently tired. It is yeah. the la- this summer has been a lot because of running this sweet little summer retreat program yes. and trying to launch a book. And yeah. um Are you tired in your body? Are you tired? I mean, the stories you've heard, especially from the Covenant families in the last six months, mm. are just Devast- they're devastating. They're devastating. The more yeah. I'm, I'm shocked, sissy. You know this because you work with kids all the time. But it's like there are these little pieces of the story that have lodged in the kids' bodies and are yes. just now coming out that are deeply traumatic. Yes, and things they saw we didn't know they saw. And yes. you know, yeah. So you've got all those stories in you too. So is your body tired? Is your brain tired? 
Both? You know, I'm my body is tired. Yeah. But my brain is less tired than it was in May. Oh, does Hope Town help with Hope that for Town you? Helps with that. Because I'm, yeah. I'm sitting in Bible teaching every morning and night. Yeah. We have worship every night. You know, it, it feels so much. And it's kids Shorts are speaking and a t-shirt. Truth. Yes. Yeah. Pajamas, yeah. a lot of hours of the day. And kids are speaking truth into each other's lives yeah. and getting to witness all those things. It feels so much like what we were made for. Yeah. And so I think that is replenishing in a different way. Even yes. though I'm collapsing into bed, yes. it's very sweet and life-giving. Yes. We had a little girl from Covenant. This We had several Covenant kids, which I was just, even that, I was so grateful to yes. have them up there playing on boats and laughing yeah. and and hearing good truth. But yes, yes, that, of those things. And this one girl talked about it being a place of hope and healing. Yeah. And I, I just cleft clung to those two words yes. all summer and thought, oh, hope and healing. just what we all need. Yes. Hope and healing. That's right. right. I mean, before this tragedy in our community, you were already writing The Worry-Free Parent. It was probably done, right? Uh, it was done. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, how <laughs> how prophetic of you. Mm. Because now the the... I think the world was already full of worrying parents, but our community is now um, full of parents who worry more than they did March 26th. Yes. Well, and I don't have think I have a thing in the world to do with it. I think God did something because, you know, Raising Worry-Free Girls came out in August and the pandemic hit that February. When yeah, do we say it started? That's right. March? Yeah. So literally, it wow. feels like, I don't, you know, how he works. He just yeah. leads us a step by step by yeah. step. Yeah. And so... Yes, I feel grateful to get to put this book in the hands of, of parents that we both love yes. dearly. To I say, was home this weekend kids. and I had it in my bag because I was reading it. And my sister, who is a parent, was like, well, are you going to leave that with me? I was like, you wish I would. <laughs> I haven't even seen Sissy yet. I did not bring this to you. I need to send but, her one. Okay, live shows. Are you excited? I mean, you over the moon. are selling so many tickets, Sissy. Everyone is blown. I mean, y'all have sold out. By the time people are hearing this, probably all the shows are sold uh, out. Well, I don't know, but I can't even imagine. Is that so fun? It's so fun. Yeah, it's It's, just the best. Yes. I mean, you and I don't parent in a traditional way, but we are absolutely mothering and in some ways fathering. Some people, you know, like we are parenting. Yeah. I am curious when you think about those rooms of people sitting out there that are probably 90% parents, but 10%. Annies, mm-hmm. 10% aunts and uncles and teachers and who are not birthing children yet or will, but are raising kids. Mm. How do you talk differently to those of us who don't have them in our house? I mean, I think our voices are profoundly important to parents. And mm. you know it. You yeah. know it from all the families that you work closely with. But like, I think even with this book, the amount of parents that I sit with who, you know, when you sit with someone who's really anxious, it yeah. it, it wafts over. Like, it's like palpable in the yeah, room. Yeah, that's right. And I sit with so many parents like that who I'll try to be super gracious and yeah. say, tell me about your family history. Do you happen to have yeah. any anxiety or depression or anything like that in your family? And they'll say no. And I think sometimes the only person that can speak truth to those parents is someone like you. Oh, interesting. Who walks closely, loves their kids, loves them, supports them, and cheers them on in a million Mm -hmm. ways and can sometimes say the harder things like, hey, I don't... I don't think you're freed up right now to get to be the parent you want to be. Yeah. One of the things, I'm sure you're seeing this too, one of the things we're seeing in the community around us is marriages are just having, they're doing some extra work in their marriages because of the six months of trauma and the Mm. intense parenting. Mm. Um, And who knows what else, but that's 
you know, that's kind of the catalyst. But what I keep saying to people is I feel like one of my jobs is to lasso my friends in their marriage and just like, I'm holding the rope. I'm just holding the rope. We're just, we're all staying together as best we can. We're just just holding the rope and I'm going to play with your kids, but we're going to hold the rope. I mean, that's, it feels like that's what we get to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. And any parent listening would say, I mean, really, it is incalculable. Yeah. Incalculable. Yeah. I don't know what the word is. Both. The the change you're making in well, those parents' lives and the kids' yeah. lives. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. When you put out the video the day of the shooting that said, here's what to say and what not yeah. to say, I thought, we all have to watch this. Because mm-hmm. I could be walking down the street with one of my Covenant mini BFFs, right. and they could say something to me. And if I haven't trained, had any training, yeah. then... That's on. I mean, that's on me. I'm. I'm asked. They're looking at me like yeah. a parent in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Yeah. We've so books like Worry Free Parent. I'm like, yeah. I'm glad I read it mm. because you're identifying in me that that there are things in me that are spilling over into the kids in my life because of my worries. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, one of the things I read in the research was anxiety is a result of cumulative stress over oh, time. Oh, I wrote it down. Page 46. Cumulative <laughs> stress over time. Which who's not living? I mean, we are all anxious. Yes. I mean, technically it's one in three with women twice as likely, but yes. we're all anxious yes. anymore. It is unbelievable. And I'll tell you, I was laughing so hard when you list the different types of parents. Uh-huh. Oh, I want to find it. Helicopter. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, I do. Yeah, that's that's why I do that to them. I yes. am the parade parent. Is that what it's called? I'm like, yes, I parade parent all the children. I'm like, if we were just having fun, you wouldn't feel ever sad. I mean, I am. Yeah, it's crazy. The the cumulative stress over Mm. time, sissy. Mm -hmm. Everyone listening is experiencing that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever city there. When I had... I had a pretty legitimate panic attack last summer, and I don't. You, I have never had one before. That so I that besides sorry. because of a shark. Yeah. I mean, but this was not in an ocean. This was in my life. Yes, um, you have to tell me that story. I, yeah, it was really dumb. I just yeah. froze up in the ocean because the I, there was a shadow at the bottom, and I thought for sure it was a shark. And that, you know, just stay out of the ocean, Annie. They can't. <laughs> yesterday at dinner, you know, yesterday at lunch, Craig here said the funniest thing where he said, "A shark out of water is just like a teethy meatball. It can't do anything." I was like, "That's exactly right." If I stay out of their home, anyway, I had a panic attack last summer, mm. and I remember thinking, "This feels like it's built up in me." Yes. And I yeah. didn't know that about anxiety. Yeah. Is that true in kids and in grownups? Oh, absolutely, it's true in kids and grownups. Really? Yes. Yeah, that cumulative stress, and you know, I think. In some ways, no, that's that's a stretch. But I think kids are under more stress than they've ever been under. I was going to say really? maybe they're under more stress than we are as adults. But we do have the coping strategies that a lot that of they them don't, don't have. have. Right. Yes. I mean, I, yeah, I cannot. The stories that kids tell me today just are staggering. Of how stressful their yes, lives are. Yes. Yes. It breaks my heart. How come after writing books for kids you decide to write a book for parents that is like about the parents mental health because you've written books for parents but this is about like the parent right yeah you know I I typically write as a response to what I'm hearing and I have been so sad and grieved with parents in the last really since the pandemic started but but I think even in the last year I've never sat with as many parents in tears Feeling as much like failures, experiencing really significant self-hatred, really angry and losing it with their kids more than ever before. I've just never heard as many parents in those places. And I just felt like I want to do something that can help these parents because I know the best thing parents can do for their kids is to deal with their own stuff. Really? That's it? down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The very first line of the book is so smart. You say... I need you to tell me two things. First, that what I'm feeling is normal. And second, that I'm doing a good job. Yeah. My mom said that to me. Yeah. I mean, is that just, 
that feel, I, I mean, you kind of go back to that repeatedly in the book of like, this is what parents need to hear right now. Yeah. That yeah. is, I mean, was that true 40 years ago? Was there, Were your parents and my parents needing to be told they were doing a good job? No, because I don't think they were worried. I mean, I think they were worried about it, kind of. But, you know, my mom, I don't know if you're familiar with the book, the parenting book by Dr. Spock. I don't even know what it was called. But uh, I think it was the only parenting book oh, back wow. in the 70s. Yeah. And the one takeaway my mom got from that book was smile at your kids a lot. Oh, wow. And, you know, from knowing me, I mean, if I get a compliment and if my sister gets a compliment, yeah. it's that we smile all the time. Yeah, so it works. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's the parenting truth back in the 70s. And yeah. now I think that's part of the problem. Mm. is I think parents are so inundated with information and all the things they're supposed to be doing right in the right stage. And we talk about ages and stages, but there's, you know, every time I see one of those things on Instagram about you have, you know, 18 years, however many months, however many seconds with your kids. The marbles in the jar for every weekend you have left with your child in the home. Yeah. It's too much for parents. Yeah. Yeah. Just the pressure. I have been listening as I've been listening to my friends, non-covenant friends and covenant friends talking about parenting their children. There is so much. What if I screw them up? Yeah. There is so yes. much. What if I do this I'm wrong? I'm going to be the reason what, they're going to be in counseling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, you are. I mean, right. we're just humans raising humans. Yeah. And so wh- what's the like top level if someone is just sobbing in their car? Because they're going, yes, sissy, I don't think I'm doing a good job. What is the top level? What's their first move to start identifying that anxiety in them? Well, I think if you have that self-critical voice, I would say it's anxiety related. If you're getting really angry with your kids, I believe 100% of parents who are struggling with Mm -hmm. anger are anxious underneath. Oh, wow. Because anger is a secondary emotion. Yes. Wow. And so, I mean, I think top level thing I would want those parents to hear me say is the reason that you're anxious, the reason that you're even sitting in your car crying is because you care more than our parents, my parents did. My parents cared again, but it's different. You're trying so hard to get it right. And so I think when you can back up and see the reason I'm so upset and I feel like I'm not doing it right is because it matters enough to me to do it right. Yeah, That's why I'm upset in the first place. Or that I'm screaming at them on the way out the door to school is because I don't want them to get Saturday school. And I know they've already gotten three, you know, whatever they're, what's it called? What's the late? Tardies. I can't yeah, get yeah, to the yeah, word yeah. tardy. You know, I, all of those things are because parents are doing their very best and trying so hard. And yeah. I want you to know those things are because you love your kids deeply, which yeah. is already a win. Yeah. You say in the book, in almost 30 years of counseling, I've never seen parents feel as much pressure and worry or feel like failures as much as they do today. So even in your own practice, not even your own own home, in your own practice, parents feel more pressure and more worry right now than they ever have. Yes. Since the pandemic, the massive uptick. Yes. Since the pandemic. Wow. How do you train your therapist to deal with that when they went to school in 2017 or in 2004? How do you train therapists to do that? So uh, the truth of that, I think this could be a whole different conversation, but I think therapy has, I think we've landed in so many interventions. I think everything we're doing now is here's what to do when this happens and here's what to do when this happens and here's the strategy. 
I hope the book is loaded with strategies. I think strategies are really important. But in terms of training therapists, I would say you got all that in school. You got a lot of great tricks in your bag. What parents need is somebody who believes in them and will sit and listen and cheer them on. You know, I, I mean, I think that's that's what I want every therapist who's listening to hear is that I believe parents are trying as hard as they possibly can. Yeah, and yeah. they need somebody who can say that. Yeah. And can sit with them. How often are you sitting with parents versus kids? In my head, the parents are sitting in the waiting room and the kids are rotating in and out. A lot. Really? I mean, the, our practice at Daystar is we meet with parents every third session. Oh, okay. So we are tracking regularly so that we can help them have strategies to use with their kids. Because, I mean... Nothing any of us deal with as an isolated issue. You know, yeah. back to that family system theory. It's like the wheels, the cogs that are all dependent on each other. Yeah. So families are the same way. And so we can't isolate a child and only help them. We've got to help the parents, too. And they're kids. And yeah. so they haven't often created all of it on their own. And yeah. so I want parents to trust me to feel like I'm not just their kid's person, but I'm their person, too. Yeah. And so I can sit and say hey, I think you may be more anxious than you're aware of. And I think it's spilling over onto them. And so let's talk about some things we can do that would really help you because anxiety is the most prevalent disorder among kids and adults today, but it's also the most treatable. So there's great news of things we can do today that can be Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't realize that. It's Mm -hmm. the most treatable. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yes, you do tell a lot of really good strategies in the book, like the breathing. And I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what my counselor tells me to do. (laughs) I think that would be so helpful if I say to my counselor so often, I wish you could hear my sister tell the story. I wish Mm. you could hear the guy I'm dating tell the story. I wish you could hear my friends tell the story because you're only hearing my side. And I feel like I have pulled this cog out of the system and asked you to fix the cog, but you don't actually know if the rest of the system would say... The cog is the problem. (laughs) Right, right, because it looks different. I mean, it is fascinating how many times I can sit with a parent and child and they will tell the same story and it is totally different from their perspective. So you're right. It's helpful to know. So if we're seeing anxiety in the kids in our lives, Mm -hmm. what I'm taking after reading The Worry-Free Parent is that I need to say, what's in me that's spilling over? Yes. Because what's the, didn't you say it's like seven times more likely? Seven times more likely from a statistical standpoint. But Annie, I would say anecdotally, every time I've sat with an anxious child, wow, which is, you know, I don't know how many thousands at this point. Every time I've sat with an anxious child, they have at least one anxious parent. Mm. You want kids to hear that because I can think of things that I thought as a kid was my fault. Yes. Right. And I would imagine so many kids feel tied up and anxiety. Mm. And I wish I wish I wasn't worried. I wish I wasn't not realizing that some of it's a waterfall right. that they're just sitting under because they live in the same house. Yes. So even if your parents are married and even if they have a healthy marriage and even if y'all go to church on Sundays, that, you know, it's not just the kids that you would assume they have a broken home, they have a broken no. life that are anxious. It is. Oh. There is no guaranteed or not guaranteed people group. No, I think in this day and time, every family has at least one anxious child. If your oldest is a girl, she's going to be, I mean, oh. 90% of the time, if not more. She's oh, one of my anxious. favorite memes I saw this summer or in June before I was off it was your oldest daughters are the strongest men I know. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that feel true, though? That's so good. That's it. Oldest daughters are the strongest men I know. Oh, that's so Um, good. Yeah, so oldest daughters are going to have more anxiety. Yeah. And oldest boys, too. I mean, I think. What's going on with them? Why? 
You know, it's funny. We were talking before we started about my two nephews. Yeah. And even with them this summer, I I get to live with them all summer at camp. And thinking about Henry, I mean, this is so simple. He's the oldest. The amount of emphasis we put on him taking his first steps, learning his first words. Wit is 16 months old, I think. And he just learned to walk. Uh And no one cared. Right. And that's not even negative pressure. That's excitement of we yeah. want these really good things for you. Yeah. And so I think there are a lot of things we could talk about that also happen with oldest. Like I think parents are harder often on the oldest child of their same gender. But mm-hmm. but even if we pull that out, our sinful selves and yeah. things that we do, just the good pressure yeah. is a lot for oldest kids. Yeah. When you think about worry-free parenting, it's so interesting because that's when you remember that everyone parenting was just a person. Yes. They're just like a person yeah. who was in college at one point and was an <laughs> elementary kid at one point. Seventh and grader at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And now they're expected to raise other people. Yes. And they're trying not to worry. But now their worry is making their kids worry. Yes. I mean, are you ever afraid? I'm afraid like that they're going to hear this and go, oh, my gosh, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yes. I don't mean parent, to be it. I just used to know, be a seventh grader. I know. I know. And that's where it really, you know, you do such a beautiful job of really not only normalizing counseling, but honoring counseling as a process. But I think we all need somebody we can talk to that can, that we can say, hey, am I maybe responding more than the situation warrants to these things? Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation to share about one of our amazing partners, Liquid IV. Okay, you know we don't play around with staying hydrated around here. And our favorite way to do that is Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's now available in sugar-free. Y'all, have you tried the sugar-free? The flavors, the white peach, the green grape, the lemon lime, they are so good. The green grape, I mean, I like kind of can't quit these three, you guys. I love them so much. Years in the making, Hydration Multiplier Sugar-Free uses a proprietary zero-sugar hydration solution with no artificial sweeteners. Liquid IV has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, and it hydrates two times faster than water alone. Plus, Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Same, same. So they partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. How awesome is that? Real people, real good flavor, real hydration, and now sugar-free. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code THATSOUNDSFUN at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use the promo code that sounds fun at liquidiv.com. And I got to tell you about our other amazing partner today, Kitsch. Okay, I know you guys love talking about some good hair products. There's one brand that has been taking it to the next level. Kitsch has created game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts swear by. Started in 2010 by, get this, selling hair ties door-to-door. Kitsch literally started as a hustle and a dream. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Maybe you've seen their satin pillowcases, their caps or eye masks, which are all great for your hair and skin while you sleep. Or have you seen their heatless satin curling rollers? I love them. But the latest Kitsch viral craze? 
rice water shampoo bars, you guys. They improve your overall hair growth and density. Reviewers say they'll never use bottle shampoo again and that their hair feels and looks a thousand percent better between washes. Plus, right now for a limited time, you can be a Barbie girl too with the Barbie by Kitsch collection featuring Kitsch's best-selling satin pillowcases and that iconic Barbie pink. Right now, Kitsch is offering my friends 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch. That's spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash that sounds fun. One more time. It's mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun for 30% off your order. Okay, now back to our conversation with Sissy. Okay, so I want to think about for a second the parents who are like, okay, I see anxiety in me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll get the book. I'm going to read it. Is the next stop a therapy session? Well, I mean, I really wrote every one of the books I've written about anxiety. I've written with the hope that a parent could read them and not have to. I mean, obviously, I really believe in counseling, but it's it's the first. This is the three first months of counseling. Yes. Yes, yes, I would do with a parent. Yes. If you try these things and it's not working, yeah, then yes, I would Great. say find a therapist yeah. that you trust. And because sometimes I think I feel in me that if something happens, if I have a bump in or a misstep in my emotional health or mm-hmm. decision making, mm-hmm. I've got to see my counselor today. Yes. Uh, versus like, actually, you have tools. Yes. You can mess up and still have the tools. And so you're saying that three months with worry-free parent is a healthy amount of time to go, hey, use the tools you've had, take a deep breath, and see what happens. Yes. And there's a workbook that goes with it that is yes. literally the questions I would be asking in a lot of journal prompts in my oh, office. Great. Yeah. Does it come out the same day? Yes. That's tomorrow. Great. That's so helpful. So, okay, now help me. Someone who says, my kid... Mm-hmm. got detention for the first time. My kid came home panicked from school and won't go back. I need to see a counselor today. Do they need to see a counselor today? Does the kid need a counselor no. that day? No. Okay. I think, I mean, that's what I want parents to know. I have a whole chapter where I talk about intuition. Yeah. I mean, oh, I wish. I wrote it down. We're going to talk about it. Good. I mean, I want parents to trust their intuition. Yes. And then you know tools. You know things you can do with kids. And I think Part of what's happening culturally is we are diagnosing normal everyday issues all the time. We have become a crisis-oriented society with kids and with parents. And so I think kids need to know, of course, everyone feels nervous on the first day of school. Of course. Yeah. You're fine. You got yeah. I mean, I'm, I met with a girl this week who was going on. She is a high schooler, and they have a camp for her high school, and she's nervous. Yeah. About go- of course you feel that way. Yes. Friends, girls are mean, and you're stuck with them for five days. Right. And that's hard. And they're all cheerleaders. Yes. That could be a right. scary and intimidating crowd. Yes. And yeah. you know tools. You yes. got this. I feel yes. like that's all I did yes. in 50 minutes. You've yeah. got this. Remind me the tools you already know. Yeah. You can do this. Wow. I have to do that with me yes. so much of, and also, Sissy, tell me if this is normal. I don't know. Let's just have <laughs> a counseling a great job session. And it's normal, yeah. Annie. <laughs> tell me if this is normal. I have found that that the longer I've been in therapy, the more I have learned to say to myself, "Hey, you actually have. You actually mm. know how to do this. Yes. You don't have to. You because you've gotten the help. You don't have to get the help. Mm. So not. It's not that I can just handle my life by myself. It's that I've had." years of tools yes but there are parents who are have a three-year-old and they don't have a lot of years Mm -hmm. and so help them like they they don't have a bunch of but their kids freaking out they don't know how to do this it's their first one Mm. yeah 
I mean, I think with those parents, I would say, I don't care how many years you've been doing it. I think God gives you intuition. That is a superpower for you as a parent. But when we're anxious and we're spinning out with them, we can't hear it. Uh, You can't access that voice because all you're hearing are your own anxious thoughts. And so I really, I mean, one of my practical things I want every family to do is to have a code word. That when anybody says it, you say it to each other, spouse to spouse, you even tell your kids and they can say it to you. You can say it to them. In that moment, we're all going to pause and we're going to back up and we're going to go. And anybody can say the word at any moment. Yes. And we're all going to do breathing. We're going to do some grounding exercises. We're going to do the things that we know bring us back down out of our amygdala-driven reactivity in that moment. Oh, man, I love the science you put in the book. And I think even thinking through as a parent. When you take that minute to think about who do I want to be in this moment? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do I want my kids to hear from me? Yeah. And what do I know is really going to help them? Because me reacting and saying, God, you know, that's not going to help them in any way. And so who do I want to be in this moment? And then I'm going to reengage. Yeah. When I'm back to that person. Yeah. I mean, that whole section where you talk about trusting your gut. Mm. I mean, but then you also tell the story about when Henry was going to walk out in front of traffic and you grabbed him and then he told you to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? So even when we trust our yes. gut, we're going to miss sometimes. Right. Right. We're going to react. So how do we how do we teach ourselves to trust our guts in parenting and especially with kids mm-hmm. of what's going on with them when we aren't going to get it right every time? Well, I want you to pray like crazy all yeah. along the way. I mean, okay. I want every one of the prayers of every parent to be, God, speak to me. Give mm. me discernment. Because I think... You know, the amount of parents that I have sat with who said something felt off to me and I got up and I went to their room and they weren't there, you know, for the 16 year old or whatever. I mean, something that day when they were at school, I knew something was wrong and I picked them up and here's what happened. You know, I just I want you to really pray that your gut's in line with the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things I pray the most as a counselor. Wow. Is that my gut would be in line with the Holy Spirit and that I would hear his voice. And I think one of... The times that we know that worry is taken over is when it starts to repeat itself and gets frantic. Like, oh, something's wrong again today. I yep. can tell something's wrong today at school. Yes. I need to go right now. Yes. I need to go yes. right now. There's because, urgency. That's yeah. a great word, too. Yes. Okay. Any of those things. Yeah. All that, that is kind of the lot. Got it. Got it's it. not his voice anymore. Yes. Man, that is hard to know, though, sissy. It is hard to know. Yeah. And I think... Intuition leads us to action, whereas worry stops us in our tracks. Oh, worry freezes us up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but there are some Enneagram 8 mamas out there that are like, let me tell you what worry doesn't do. <laughs> worry gets me to the door yes. of the school yeah. in four yeah. and a half minutes right. to make sure there's not something going on there yes. that I'm worried, that my gut tells me is yeah. going on today. Yeah. And then suddenly she's driven to school three weeks in a row every day. Right. Yes. So when do you, when when it repeats is when you start to go, okay, maybe this is mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And part of what's so hard about that, one of the things that's in the book is about how worry finds context. Worry is always searching for context. Yep. And so yes, it's so much easier so if we were talking about kids because we know a fifth grader who can't stop talking about throwing up. Uh-huh. We know that's the worry monster. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. and then a high schooler who feels like they're going to fail when they've put in a lot of work and they're doing fine in yeah. that class. Yeah. We know that's worry. But for a parent, 
you know, all of a sudden the context becomes kids because the context is whatever at any age matters the most to you. And so when it's... Gosh, that's true for us still. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, again, when you find yourself perseverating and going around and around and around about the same idea, I think that's when it's time to really pay attention. And that's when it's time to have a person, an Annie in your life that you can say, okay... Am I stuck? Yeah. Help me know if this is bigger than it needs to be. Yes. Like, okay, so I went up to school every day this week. Yes. And nothing was wrong. Right. Next week, I'm going to text you before I go and you tell me if I should. Good. Yes. Right? That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm not raising a child. I think it feels scarier than it's ever felt to trust your kid in the world. Mm -hmm. That's why I am a great helicopter parade parent. Yes. (laughs) Because I'm like, you know, I want to be right here and I want to be so fun. But then I, what I am saying, even as an Annie that is not raising a kid, is if I'm there, they will be safe. Right. And that isn't true either. Which is what they're hearing is, I'm not okay if Annie's not with me. Mm. I can't do it on my own. Yes. And that's where my I'm real concern is. I'm fine with them is. thinking that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they are right. <laughs> yes. No, you're right. That's so concerning. But the amount of kids that I'm seeing today of all ages, even, you know, I'm just finishing a summer with college interns, and we have amazing college interns. Yes. And I wish they knew sometimes how capable they are. Wow. But I think that's, I think we rob them of that sometimes. When we're rescuing, it communicates, I need to be rescued. It is just awful. I mean, my, there's this really cute picture of my little nephew, Sam, at the Bible study my sister goes to. He, they did like a performance at the end of the school mm-hmm. year. And he is standing in the front and his face is like, get me out of here. He is, he's not singing a word and he's so fun. You've seen videos. He's so fun. He's, he's so, so lovely. Cute. Yes. And he is, and I was like, get him, Tatum. <laughs> Why are you sending us a picture she's like no this is good he could say i was like no he can't what are why are you mean like this is why god doesn't have me have children yet (laughs) because i would have pulled him off stage and taken him to ice cream immediately (laughs) but we have to let them right let them and that's more about me than him yes that's me being uncomfortable yes right and if we back up and reframe it from a cognitive behavioral therapy standpoint, it's because you love him so much. Yeah. Annie, it's a beautiful thing about who you are. Yeah. And that's what I want parents to remember. It's a beautiful thing about who you are that you want to step in and rescue. Yes. And it's crippling them. Yeah. I know. It's hard to say. Yeah, because even I, I am I work really hard at trusting my gut. I try. Mm-hmm. I try because I think it is I think the Holy Spirit is so reliable. Yeah. <laughs> and so therefore, um, and I watch my friends do it and see things that I don't see with their kids. And is it true in your experience with parents that the longer you trust your gut, the better you get at trusting your gut? Yes. Okay. The more quickly and I think readily we hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We recognize it better. Yeah. It's it's so scary. Is it possible to be a worry-free parent? I don't really think so. Yeah. I think it's something we're moving towards. Yeah. I don't think there's any practice makes perfect on that front at all. But I think we can be freed of it. Yeah. I think we can be who we want to be with the kids we love and not be weighed down by that to the degree that we're not. I mean, in the book, you say, um, I'm just going to read a paragraph to you of your own writing. (laughs) Because you fulfill, this is you talking to parents, because you fulfill so many roles today in the life of your family, it's easy to get those roles mixed up with requirements again. Mostly what God does is love you. Mm -hmm. He rejoices over you with singing. He takes great delight in you. He quiets you, not with his anger or even his wisdom, which that's important Mm -hmm. to say, but with his love for you, simply because of who you are, so much grace. 
And then you say, I want to repeat that last phrase right here. So much grace. Mm. I mean, that's it, right? Is mm. We just need to be more grace-filled yes. with ourselves first. Yes, with ourselves first. Because the way we talk to ourselves will inevitably become the way we talk to the kids. Oh, man. Uh, that's what you said. Uh, and you th- say the thing about warmth, parental warmth. I hate to say it's it. Brutal, it's brutal. But brutal, you have to but say it's it. true. And it's, I can say not even as a parent, but as a coworker, as a friend, any yeah. of those things that's true in my life, that anxiety, research says, anxiety takes away our warmth. Yes, it's and connected to a lack of parental warmth. Yes. Anxiety is linked to a lack of parental warmth. Yeah. Why? Why does that? Why does anxiety take warmth from us? Because I think it pulls us out of the moment. We don't even know how to be engaged because anxiety resides in the past and the future, not the present. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I and and what where it falls on me as an Enneagram one is if I worked with you more, I do work uh-huh. with you, but if I worked with you in a different capacity, yes, you're yes, a yes. with me, there are times with people that I have to tell myself to pause and smile and listen to whatever it is they're saying because oh, wow. I'm so caught up in my own agenda in my head that I can't even engage with them in that moment. So wow. I'm faking some warmth. Yes. But I think that's, I think for a lot of parents, they're so concerned about all the things their kids are missing, all the things that they want to happen for their kids that they're not even in the moment mm. with them. Wow. Because they're so anxious. It's really interesting. The Lord does this often. And because I get to read everyone's books, I have a front row seat. But there seems to be themes that come in waves. Mm. And right now there is this like perseverance. Don't give up. Yes. You have what it takes. Settle into today kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you write about it in a couple of the other books coming up. uh, Bianca Oltoff, uh, Mm. Hosanna Wong. They all say what happens in your body matters mm, yes. and how you treat your body mm. is affecting your anxiety and your resilience. Yes. In general, you talk about body, mind, and heart. Mm-hmm. Will you talk a little bit about to our parents that are listening, like what can we do for our bodies to lower anxiety? What can we do for our minds? What can we do for our hearts? Do we need to think about all three of those separate like that? Well, yes, I think we need to pay attention to all three of them yeah. and care for all three of them. Yeah. Really? You know, the first thing that came to my mind when you said that about body, you know, one of the things that's best to ward off anxiety? Dancing. Guacamole. <gasps> Guacamole! Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it really changes the chemicals in your brain and helps with anxiety. That feels so true for you. You I and know, David and your tacos. So I know. I that's love it. so good. Guac- yes. Everybody get your avocados. Guacamole. We're going to have a run on avocados. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And smiling, which that's is so funny, funny when that is helps with Anxiety, too, yeah. thinking about lack of parental warmth. But, yes, I mean, really, from a practical standpoint, you need to be moving every day. You need to be getting good rest. You need to be doing the things that are really hard when you're a parent. Yeah. Eating right. And I think calming our bodies down yeah. regularly. Yeah. I have gotten to where in my counseling office, you know, I love that now there are Apple Watches and different devices that can help us regulate our breathing and calm our bodies back oh. down when they kick into the sympathetic nervous system. But I really want parents to be doing things daily to calm their bodies down where they're practicing. Because what happens is when we get really anxious, the amygdala hijacks our brain. And the thing about the amygdala that's the fight or flight region of our brain, sometimes freeze like you and the shark, is the more often it's activated, it actually enlarges. 
and develops, it becomes, they call it a hyperreactive amygdala, wow. and it develops a hair trigger response. So the more it responds, the more likely it is to respond. So we can retrain our brain. We can retrain Yeah, the you amygdala. talk about that, the new yes. uh, pathways yes. we can do. Neuroplasticity yep. Neuroplasticity is a beautiful that's the thing. Yep. Yes. So the more you can slow your body down regularly, and even I talk about breath prayers in there. I yes. love breath prayers, things yes. we're doing where we're also incorporating our faith that yeah. can calm us down and anchor us to truth. But, yeah. but we've got to be calming our bodies down to start there. Our minds, you know, I think one of the hard things as a parent, as we're talking about context and anxious thoughts, the sooner we can stop an anxious thought, the better chance we have at fighting it. But okay. again, if it's about throwing up, we can teach a child, that's the worry monster. I want you to stop. And here are things you can do to, to get that thought out of your brain. With parents... I haven't heard from my child. I haven't heard from my teenager in 10 minutes. Now I haven't heard in 12 minutes. Oh, now, now they're in a car accident. Now yep. that, you know, we go down this road and we don't stop the anxious thoughts because we feel like they're not only legitimate, but they're good parenting. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I remember the first time I drove from my house to my friend Jennifer's house. Uh-huh. And then I called my, I had to call my parents when I got there. Yes. Like, cause, and it was 15 minutes. I don't know if they were worried. They were probably worried to some degree, but also they did not know where I was until I called. Right. Right now, oh. I can tell you where my four best friends are because we all have our find your friends on. Right. And they have Life 360, all this stuff that you can mm-hmm. literally see where they are. And yet the parental worry is higher. Right. But you can see where they are. <laughs> but that's part of the problem. Ah, uh, it's because the access is always. Yes. So there's no there's no need to trust. And before our parents had to just trust. We're not learning to trust our kids. We're not learning to trust God in the wow. midst of those things. I, yes. I mean, I ran into, I was at my sister's store a yeah. couple of years ago. And say I ran the, into say the name of it. Kay McCarthy. Yes. You're so sweet. It's right here in Green Hills. So anytime y'all come to town, you got to go in there. It is so pretty. Thanks. They, there's not a lot of parking. Because so many people like to shop there. Yes, you're right. If you find a spot, get in it because the Lord meant it for you. (laughs) That's so true. So I ran into the head of a local private school. And I can't remember what. I think we were talking about anxious parents. And she said, this was five years ago. And she said, we have not done the online portal for school. She said, I don't want to do it. It's not good for my parents. I don't want them to be able to check every single day because as we're talking about neuroplasticity in brains, the paths that we use more frequently get stronger. Mm. So if every time, you know, it's part of what happens with OCD. Yeah. If I am checking my locks every single night, that's becoming more and more entrenched in my brain circuitry. Yes. Whereas if I don't let myself, I used to really struggle with fear and anxiety and I, my mom did this for me when I was little. And then I did this until I think I was 40. Every mm. night I have a little OCD, Annie. And every night I would check under my beds and check in my closets. Okay. Every single night before I went to bed. Yeah. And I have a friend who said, sissy, stop checking. Wow. And I did. I moved into a new house. And so it was yeah. like a clean break. And I just yeah. stopped. Yeah. I do not struggle at night with worry and anxiety anymore because I think it's like pruning of our brains. I mean, I cut off those dead branches and I was done and didn't go back. Now, that's not to say I don't worry about other things, but but I think it is so important that we don't let ourselves go down those paths of thoughts. You've learned that your brain can be retrained. Yes. And once you see it one time, I've learned my my brain has stopped craving things it used to crave. Yes. And then you go, oh, look. 
everybody's right. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. It can rework itself. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That is so, yeah. yeah, I I think that is helping parents to think you can rewire your anxiety Mm. and that will help your child rewire their anxiety is just so beautiful. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, FabFitFun. Okay, listen, I am a fan of the FabFitFun boxes. This is your free beauty and lifestyle hack for the day. FabFitFun is the best way to save money on beauty and lifestyle products from the brands that you love. And you can discover new brands you'll fall in love with all without overpaying. They do not play around when it comes to the products either. The box is not full of sample sizes. It's full of name brand full-size products of your old favorites, new brands and others that you've always wanted to try at discounted prices you won't find anywhere else. Plus, if gift giving is your love language, uh, you're welcome to be my friend. You are going to love joining the Fab Fit Fun fam, a seasonal box that delivers the top brands in beauty, hair care, and home needs at up to 70% off your most loved brands. Your friends are going to love that. Customize your box to select items that you want and find perfect gifts for your people too. Sign up at fabfitfun.com slash that sounds fun. Customize your box and get access to discounts up to 70% off brands like Fenty or Free People and Our Place, just to name a few. And if you're not in love with their season's options, take the credit to shop their exclusive flash sales of up to 70% and save on the biggest name brands out there. If you join FabFitFun as a new seasonal member right now, you'll also get 20% off your membership. So your first box is only $47.99. Y'all, for up to a $300 value box each season, let's go. But only while supplies last. FabFitFun boxes sell out. So join FabFitFun today and save at FabFitFun.com slash that sounds fun. FabFitFun.com slash that sounds fun. And just remember that link, pretty much every other link you could ever hope for are in the show notes, or we also send them in an AFD's Weekend Review email every Friday. So be sure to check those out. And one last amazing partner to tell you about, Thrive Cosmetics. Okay. How did you first learn about Thrive Cosmetics? Was it me? Was it a friend? Was it social media? It was definitely Instagram for me, but those ads were not wrong. Not only are their beauty products incredible, but they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, y'all. I'm such a fan. I know you've heard me say it, but I can't help but talk about my favorite product, their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Not only does it make my lashes look longer and fuller, but it lasts all day without smudging or flaking. Yes, and amen. Considering it has, you know, 25,000 five-star reviews, I know I'm not the only one who loves it. Plus, when it's time to take your makeup off, y'all, it's bizarrely easy. (laughs) It's so easy. The mascara slides right off with just warm water and a washcloth. No soap required or a flannel, as our UK friends call it. It's the best-selling product from Thrive Cosmetics, and I get why. Thrive's helping us stock our makeup bag with incredibly clean, skin-loving products that make us feel like a million bucks while it also helps us help others. Cause is in the name for a reason. As part of their mission, every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive with partners that help people emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, and recovering from cancer, just to name a few. You have got to try Thrive Cosmetics to see for yourself. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash TSF. Like, that sounds fun. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash TSF for 20% off your first order. Okay, now back to finish up our conversation with Sissy. That sounds fun. 
when I was reading the book, I stopped reading and had like a look out the window and think for a minute moment Mm -hmm. because I read the body chapter and I was like, got it. Great. Here's how we, the breathing and this, and I do, uh, the Peloton has stretches on it. So I, at night, my counselor said, I need you to start doing stretches at Mm -hmm. night because you've got to lower. Everything is living at a very high level and you've got to do the things to lower. Great. I know how to do it in my mind. And when I got to the heart chapter, what my, the internal dialogue before I even read anything was, you don't ever take care of your heart. Mm. Your heart is is always forced to catch up mm. with your mind and your body. Mm. And so I, I don't honor my heart. That makes very me well. so sad I when know. you're do it's I don't know why it makes me want to cry because you made me cry at the beginning. But when you're doing so much for other people's hearts all over the world. Oh well, the thank fact you. That you're not yeah, too, it's yeah. not easy for a seven in general because no. we don't yeah. ever go to that. Right. But it, we have to pa- I jokingly say you have to pack luggage for a seven <laughs> to get anywhere close to feelings. <laughs> but it also made me think, man, there are parents there's a world where I end up raising someday I, ha- I get married and have a mm-hmm. kid and I end up raising a kid who's all the way in their feelings and my anxiety doesn't ever care for my heart mm. and they're going to want me to care for their heart. Yeah. And so what do we do if, if it's not natural for us to care for our bodies, but we have a really athletic kid mm. or and and we could be getting anxiety out that way, but, but they're we not. aren't. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do we do that? How do we bring our full selves to kids who are different than us? And help them. I think being a student of your kids is so important. I love that you're even talking about that. And and that is where I love the Enneagram. Yeah. Because I think when we can understand more what they need yeah. and be aware of our own. I mean, for you to know that as a seven, yeah. I, you know, really interesting parent-child combination. And I probably because I'm a one, I get this is a one four. Uh-huh. A one parent who has a four <laughs> kid. But I would think a seven parent who has a kid who's a four. Is going to be tough. If I if I don't want to date them, I don't want to raise them. <laughs> so yes, you are right. Oh uh, yes, I had one mom who said I was trying to really gently talk about fours and say I think this is probably yeah. where your daughter's leaning, and she was like, "Can you not get the four out of her?" <laughs> Which fours that are listening, we love you, you. are amazing. Yes, the you world have would so not many exist. Gifts. Yes. Oh my gosh, that you bring to the world, and and any ones, any of us who are ones that struggle with fours, that's about us. It's that's, not about it them. is always about me. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's but exactly right. I, it's not about them. Like I say to one parents, I say I, this is what I do in counseling sometimes yeah. with a four who wants to. I mean, I had a four who said to me, I don't want to grow. I just want to be understood. Wow. And as a therapist, that is hard for me because that's not who I, what I bring to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And I will literally make myself look at the clock and think, give them 10 more minutes Mm. just to swim around in those feelings because what you need is not what they need in this moment. And so I think whatever that looks like for kids to think about this is who they are. How can I step into that with them? Yes. Because when we are students of our kids, when we love the things that they love, when we prioritize the things that matter, that's how we love them. Yeah. I think for Enneagram people or non-Enneagram people, thinking body, mind, heart, you are not strong in all three. We just aren't. We yes. aren't. We are not strong in all three. And so, if you can identify in you the ranking, mm-hmm. and then identify in your child their ranking, that seem. I, I, that's what Ooh, I thought. Annie, I thought. I think good. that would really help me. That's good. If, to, if I end up with a heart forward child or yes. a heart forward husband, yes, that I have to go. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. that is the one that is the so hardest for me to grow. And so, yeah. And so, my anxiety about that could spill into someone who that is actually what brings them life and joy. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's a great um, Okay, let me tell you the other thing that I, well, I loved every page of the book, but let me tell you the other thing that I've really been thinking about. Let the bottom 20% go. Yeah. Are we supposed to do that for ourselves and our kids? 
Ooh, I would love for us to do that for ourselves. Yeah. Will you yes. explain letting the bottom 20% go? Well, it was as much conviction for me as anything. I um, I had a person who worked for me a few years ago at, at Hopetown at yeah. our little summer retreat program yep. that I think I I think she really struggled with me. And Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I, if that seems impossible, that was her problem, not yours. No, I think it was my problem because what I learned is, well, two things. One is when I would walk outside in any given morning, I see what's wrong before I see what's right. Yeah. So is, I don't see yeah. the 30 things everybody did where they were working really hard. I see the person that forgot to deflate the banana yeah, or yeah, pick yeah, up yeah, all the course. cups, you know, yeah. such an Enneagram one thing. And I don't see detail. Okay. So everything, which which I talk to a lot of parents who struggle in the same places, everything has the same importance. Yeah. So right. I'm just as concerned about the thing that was left out, again, as I am someone's character. Yeah. Everything's a glass ball. A, yeah, a, a what? A glass ball or I've a plastic ball. Ooh. Oh, I think you'll like this. If you're juggling, not uh-huh. everything can be a glass ball. Some of the oh. stuff has to be plastic that you can drop. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and that is a trickle down. I mean, I yeah. definitely live that way in my own life. I treat yeah. everything like a glass ball. There are yeah. no plastic balls. Yeah. But it trickles over to the people that work for me, the people me too, I'm in dude. relationship yeah, with, I and I hate it. I know. And so it that was something I started thinking about with parents. And, you know, I'm really into short things that parents can anchor to. Yep. And letting the bottom 20% go. Like, yeah. let's prioritize and pick the top 10 things. Yeah. And I want you to let the bottom two go. Yes. And do not say a word about them. Yeah, let it be. Give examples. Like your room. A yeah. kid's room. I was going to say, my parents, at some point, they went, you know what? That ain't worth my time. Yes, yes. She, if she, she's the one who has to sleep on the bed covered in books. That's her life. <laughs> I mean, I just, my whole left side of my bed was covered in books. Okay, and parents who are listening, I want you to think about Annie Downs. <laughs> and I want you to think about the fact that she was a little girl whose room was a mess and her bed was covered in covered books. Covered in and books. And who she is now and how God is using her. Oh, because your kids that are, you know, have they're inventing things all the time and so you have 30 projects everywhere and they're (laughs) making messes god is going to use their inventor's heart in a way that he's used you how do you decide what the bottom 20 percent is i literally would make a list okay here are the things that are making me nuts about my kid there it is and i'm going to make a list of 10 things and the bottom two i'm letting go yep okay i'm gonna stop talking about oh wow okay and that is just going to lower the anxiety Yes, for them and yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not at first. It's going to probably raise it for you at first. Yeah. But eventually. Right. And it's going to help you enjoy them. Right. I made you start talking about the heart, my heart situation before you got to answer how to help people's hearts. Oh, uh, well, I think a lot of it is what you were alluding to. I think for us to process our emotions. Yeah. And I, I feel like as a parent in this day and time between school and drop off and pick up and sports and helping them get their project ready for the I mean, there's yeah. not a lot of time to do that. Yeah. And I think I really believe, I mean, I have definitely seen in my office that every person who's anxious is really conscientious and they're trying hard and they care so much. It's these beautiful things about who you are. And I think especially for anyone who's like that, you don't often say, I felt really disappointed yeah. or this made me really angry. Yeah. And so I think those things end up morphing over into anxiety. Yeah. And wow. so when you're laying in bed with this sense of dread or anxiety or you're waking up that way, I really believe if you took it back mm-hmm. over the last day, the last couple of days, I think there's something that's probably made you sad wow. or that you're struggling with. I'm more controlling when I'm sad 
than any other time or tired Mm -hmm. than any other time. And so I think when we can go back to those things, it's going to help our hearts and it's going to help us value our hearts. Yeah. Just like you were talking about. I'm thinking about families whose budgets don't allow for counseling. Yes. Who are like, I mean, we we would love to eat healthier. We can't afford that right now. We would love to send our kids to a therapist that is not anywhere. And I mean, maybe they see the counselor at school. But there are so many families who want to do more for their kids than they're financially able to do, mm-hmm. particularly with emotional health. Mm-hmm. They want to do more for themselves. I want to do more for myself than I'm financially right. able to do. I think right. everyone wants to do more for themselves to be as healthy as they can be than right. they can financially do. What do we do? I, I, I'm even thinking about when I taught school and there were kids that I was like, what I would give if mm. your parents had more resources to help themselves to help you. Mm. So what do we do for kids in homes that can't afford all the mental health, emotional health resources? Well, uh, I'm going to say, first, if you are having to choose between your kids and yourself, which I sit with parents all the time who will say things like, when I say, have you, you know, do you have any family history? And they'll say, oh, I think maybe I have anxiety, but I would rather spend the money helping my kids than helping myself. I would say, again, back to that idea, the best thing you can do for your kids is help yourself. Wow. And so if you're trying to decide about those funds, I want you to spend it on yourself first. Really? Yes. Because I believe it will be that much of a game changer for your kids. Wow. And if the funds aren't there to do any of it, I mean, I would call a local church because there are definitely churches in our— Even if you don't go to the church. Even if you don't go to your church. I would that say the church, same And thing. see what they'll do yes. if they'll offer something. And if that is not an option— Even just meet with the kids' pastor. Yes. Even if they'll say, can you just sit with my kid and just see? See if yes. there's someone on staff. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And if not that, then I want you to pick a few voices. I don't want you to pick 30. I think that, again, creates that problem we were talking about earlier of too much pressure. Yeah, right. But I want you to pick a few voices of folks that you trust emotionally, socially, and spiritually. Okay. And listen to those voices. Because Meaning it may social be, media accounts, yes, authors. Yes, yes podcasts. Podcasts, yeah. Annie F. Downs. Well, I was yes. about to say, y'all are the most trusted source. So, Well, yeah. that's really good. But I, I have something like that in a journal. Yeah. Where you can just start to write, you can yes. pray, you can talk. And we know, obviously, the Holy Spirit's the counselor. And so he's going to yes. prompt us, too. Yes. And so, you know, those are all free options. Yes. Even if you weren't on our network, but you are because this is true. I mean, I, I have heard so many mom friends of mine say, I feel like that was a counseling session, listening mm. to that in a podcast episode. Because it feels like y'all are able to do conversations that lead to healing that people can just listen to for free. Mm. on their phones yeah yeah i don't want mental health to be a thing that only rich people get access to yes that's i don't i don't know what to do about that and there are a lot of counselors who do have a sliding scale yeah so ask yeah when you call someplace ask them because it may surprise you i mean i even remember when i was first going to counseling as an adult and yeah on salary as a counselor i didn't have enough money to pay for counseling yes and i asked just a local counselor if she had a sliding scale and she did yeah and I don't think had ever advertised it, but it yeah. was something she did for people okay. who asked. That's great. So don't be afraid to ask. I mean, people who go into counseling want to help people. Yes. And so yes. it's not going to upset them if you ask that. Yes. And they would love to if they can. Yeah. That's the um, pull of so much of it, this wrestle in my mind of like, I want spiritual health, physical health, emotional health. And mental health to all be very accessible. Yes. I want people to be as healthy as they can be. Yeah. And that feels hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. It does. But then y'all do. I mean, 
y'all do the podcast. Yeah. And and this book, if five moms sat down together and read this book, it could change a school. I mean, oh, if they just got together, really it's true. I, I, I can just I imagine. I hope moms will get together and read it. I would love it I if know. that happened. Because at least they tell each other the truth and they've spent $15. Yes. Yeah. And you need to know you're not alone. And there are other people walking along the journey it with you. It may cost $18. But I bet it's on sale on Amazon tomorrow. <laughs> I bet it is too. Okay. What do we not say about worry-free parents that you want to make sure we say? I could ask you 1,000 questions, but I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I hope anybody who's listening hears so much grace through this. Yes. And that it really is because you're a great parent. Yeah. And it's because you, you want yourself. to be good. Yeah. Yes. There, there, I don't know. Even when I taught public elementary school and we dealt with some really sad family situations, I, of my 300 kids, 500 kids that I taught in some form or fashion, I could tell you on one hand, parents I thought, didn't have their kids' best interests at home. Mm, exactly. They just didn't know how to have the resources, yes. either financially or emotionally in themselves, yes. to, to do it. Mm-hmm. So parents really want, and teachers and nurses mm. and coaches, yes. people aren't around kids because they don't want to be good to them most of the time, right. vast majority of the time. Right. We are so lucky to know kids. Mm, isn't that right? the truth? Yeah. I just think they are the most fascinating group of friends I have. Mm. I mean, like, I sat with a family that you know and that our listener know the Barnes. I sat with the kids yesterday, each of them just telling me something different about some random thing that's going on and looking through a book with one of them. And Aww. I just thought, y'all are the most interesting people. They're just so interesting. They're so interesting. I'm so thankful that we get to be on the planet with them. Mm, Let me tell you the thing I learned in this book that blew me absolutely away. Okay. You sat under the teaching of Madeline Leingle. Can you believe that? Do you know in 2018, I read every one of her books. That's all I read that year was I went through her entire library and it changed my life. Yes. She's unbelievable. I mean, in one week, Madeline Lingle, Lucy Shaw, and Eugene Peterson. Good gravy. Can you believe that? He wrote a Bible. (laughs) (laughs) That's unreal. It was amazing. What was she like in real life? Very self-effacing. She's very small, right? Hilarious. She's tall. Oh, she's tall. She was tall. (gasps) Yes. That's not what I picture. Quirky as the day is long. Yeah. I think probably was an Enneagram 4 or 5. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. You're bringing such beauty into the world. The creativity. Oh. Yeah. Yes. But just, I mean, every word out of her mouth was so rich and true. I need to find my notes from that Oh, I just, I I don't know that there's a better writer Mm. I've ever read in in mass like that. I mean, I, yes. I, people love Wendell Berry. There's a lot of writers like that that people sit around and I would go, I would put Madeline Lingle up against any uh, of them. Her have you been to Lady Lodge? No. Oh, Annie. I, don't know, I know the name, but I don't know what it is. I need to connect you with this place. Okay. It is in the Hill Country of Texas. Okay. And it is a retreat center. Oh, and interesting. And they had this group that met every year for I don't know how many years called the Chris Sostom Society. Yeah. And it was Madeline Lingle, Walter Wanger and Jr., <gasps> Lucy Shaw. I can't remember who. I mean, there were like 12 people that David and I got to speak at Lady Lodge yeah. last spring. And I just sat in the library like, I just want to soak up the vibes yes. of all these authors. Yes. They would go and write yes. and talk together. Yeah. That is yeah. unbelievable. They all just were friends. They're like friends. the C.S. Lewis group. Yes, of, exactly. The yeah. Inklings. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, anyway, I love that you love her. Oh, when you you just casually say that I sat under the teaching of Madeline and Lucy Shaw, and I was like, in person. <laughs> I know it was amazing. Oh, it's just yeah. I feel like her book on one of her books that is on marriage, I thought was so beautiful. My the oh. two part invention or something. Yes, Maybe? and it's like a part of a set cross external. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, I just and walking them. on water. 
Well, certainly for anyone who wants to write anything, yes. walking on water is or just loves creativity. Yes. Have you read her book with Lucy Shaw and Friendship? I read everything. I, I I don't know if I read any co books, so uh, I don't know that. It's so okay. sweet. I think I'll it's called it. Friends for the Journey. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'm gonna get it you a copy. Yeah. Okay, I will read it. I'll, I'll let you. you a copy I'll let you. You know, I have a little friend for the journey. I'm so grateful. Oh, listen, for that you. is true. I hope that's true. Me I would too. like that to be true. You have made me such a better person. Oh, Amy. so you I'm have really me. grateful. I I just think how how. I, I love my seat in kids' lives. Mm. And I, it's only been since I've been friends with you that I've realized that my health affects them. And so thank you for making me better as a village parent mm. for all these kids that you see at Severe Park on Tuesdays. So thank you. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for you. Yeah. You make us all better. Oh, you guys, isn't she just the best? She's just the best. Gosh, I could just sob. Every time I talk to her, I could just sob. I just love her. If you're a parent or an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, or you're teaching school, or you're a babysitter, or you know someone who could use this book, go grab a copy of The Worry-Free Parent for yourself and for them. Go follow Sissy on social media. Thank her so much for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter. Do we need to say X now? I don't know. All the places you may need me, that's how you can find me. And don't forget, you can find That Sounds Fun Podcast on Instagram at That Sounds Fun Podcast. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And y'all have a great week. We will see you back here Thursday with a crowd favorite for her fifth time. So she's joining the Hall of Fun. It's our girl, Bianca Oltoff. We'll see y'all on Thursday.